Hello everyone, welcome back to the left page. Uh, Bruno Yay, and I welcome. are finally back. Uh, I'm Frank, your historian, uh, on yeah. call this time on, uh, amongst our library halls. Bruno, <laughs> my, my good friend, the man of letters, is here as well. And yeah. we're back for good this time. <laughs> yeah, welcome back, back. It's the, uh, uh, you know, things are going well when you do this, uh, the second episode where you need to say again, yeah, we are back. <laughs> <laughs> kind of third almost, but fair enough. <laughs> yeah. It, 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 I almost feel like a, a YouTuber I follow that he like for several years, all he would publish were like updates because his life was chaos. So, you know, I share that feeling now. I, I know what that, how that feels. Is is a vlog like, yeah, I'm still alive, I'm here, don't worry, but I will do a video next year, something like that. Yeah, this sort of thing, <laughs> just to make sure, hey, I haven't been hit by a train, I'm alive. So, <laughs> you know, and yeah, we are back, Black Lives Matter, quite obviously, it's yeah. just that we've both been kind of hit by a lot of college work, and then there were all like the explosion of George Floyd protests, many of which yeah. are still going on. So go follow some people that I'll point out eventually, uh, probably in the show notes. I know a couple who are still working hard on that, along with Rev Left as usual. But yeah, yeah we, we just been really busy and it was difficult to like focus on organizing a reading and doing this. But good news, we have reorganized and rebuilt our schedule. So yeah. we are today on schedule, if you believe that. <laughs> on other good news, the Poetry Club is also on the schedule. So it seems things will actually work out. Yeah. Good Lord. Finally. <laughs> finally. Yeah. Maybe we were uh, trailing uh, a path which uh, it was, it were a couple of nice ideas, but it just, it, it didn't go well with the way we, we manage our lives and the way we read and the types of things that we like to comment. So uh, there were times like, yeah, let's read, I don't know, uh, Dostoevsky. And then it, it just became such a, a huge thing to do while we try to live our lives that it became almost like a burden. So yeah, uh, we are restructuring things so we can uh, have uh, most of all pleasure doing this and that we can have nice conversations that, that aren't just for the sake of doing a good episode and trying to condense things and, oh, yeah, we read that, so that's the episode and let's go to the next one. We, we are trying to uh, deepen and densifying a bit more the, the, the episodes and the, and the discussions in each episode, trying to link episodes with another episode, so, yeah. Yeah, along with just like having fun with it, we we always do, and yeah. we want to like reorganize or we wanted to reorganize ourselves in a way that like okay, we're doing this the way we want to in a way that is fun for us as well, amongst exactly. all our other things. So I think for real this time. <laughs> <laughs> and speaking of which, today we have some really interesting stuff to talk about on basically really? vanity of art literature and how like intelligentsias are usually quite petty and academia is a hell world so yeah all in good time today actually oh, uh who who recommended this short story to you oh it's from a book uh okay so let's get to it then 
The short story is called Enoch Soames by an English writer from the late 19th century, century early 20th century, uh, called yeah. Sir Henry Maximilian Max Beerbohm. Uh, he was a writer, essayist, satirist, and he was a... He drew caricatures. So yeah. very, very interesting, peculiar character. The fact that he's a yeah. satirist really explains a lot of what we're talking about. <laughs> uh, yeah. But this actual short story, which was published in a book called Seven Men in 1919, comes from... Uh, I found this short story called Enoch Soames, which is the name of a character, on a uh, a book which is the Anthology of Fantastic Literature, which is uh, a, an actual collection of short stories gathered by uh, great Argentinian writers of the 20th century, Adolfo Bioy Casares, uh, Jorge Luis Borges, and Silvino Campo. And these, there are short stories from all over the world in the edition I have in Portuguese actually has the translations that Borges and the others translated themselves retranslated into Portuguese. So it's not like the original yeah. text. It's the Borges yeah. translation translated, which gives it its yeah, special yeah. kind of flavor, uh, which is what I read. <laughs> Bruno read the original in English. Yeah. But this is a very interesting... So this is where I found this short story. And I, when I read it, I was like, oh, this is this is w really cool. Bruno's going to love this. Uh, yeah, and he yeah. did. I was right. Yay. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's such a dense subject. And it's a subject that is like, it's exactly the kind of subject that we could go on for hours here. Like, we, we already did an, uh, a general sh chat episode just about the power of writing and the, the nature of writing and why we write and why we do it and and this the short story is like it, it, it's uh, that's one of the most incredible things about short stories the power of synthesis and the power of talking about things that are gigantical in such uh short and impactful uh, ways. It, it's it's really interesting. I was talking to Frank that uh, I, I was the whole time that I was reading it I was so fixated with this idea of writing and the artist and all of those things but the, the short story is just e even crazier like it, it, it has things with time travel and, and just all <laughs> sorts of shebang and I, I couldn't even get to start thinking about the time travel because I was thinking of, oh my God, art is so, it, it's about uh, vanity and it's about like, it, it's just so dense and I, I loved it. I, I really did. Okay. So now to give some context to folks who haven't yeah. read it <laughs> because <Yeah. laughs> it's, a, it's a doozy. Uh, basically, yeah. we have uh, this character... Uh, the story is told by the, a narrator who is like Max Birbaum, uh, like a version of the actual writer in the text. It, again, as usual in literary discussions, the character and narrator Max Birbaum is not the author Max. So just yeah. to get it out of the way, but he's still yeah. like this character. And yeah. he narrates this story about how he, met, how he met and he was familiar with a certain man called Enoch Soames. And yeah. Enoch Soames was a particular character of this sort of literary field in like the late 
1800s, early 1900s, in England and France, writing poems and trying to be famous and trying to do something different, something like vanguard work, that sort of thing. Uh, but he was yeah. just he was just shit. Like no one thought much of his work. Like he wasn't popular at all. Like his latest book sold what like three copies. One of which yeah, the author narrator bought. <laughs> and he keeps this whole appearance of like no, I I, I don't need to be recognized. I know I am great. <laughs> oh my god! Some it's time so passes great. along the short story. And we find the narrator and Enoch Soames in a bar talking because the narrator became Soames' only friend because he was the only one who like, huh, maybe this this guy has something interesting. Maybe he's good or has something interesting to say. Not really, yeah. but uh, the narrator is interested anyway. So yeah. <laughs> they're meeting in a bar and they're drinking and a weird, strange looking man in the corner with like steely eyes and that sort of thing comes over, sits down and is like, oh, so I'm the devil. You were talking about <laughs> being recognized and in a hundred years, your name being showing up uh, in libraries and whatnot. So how would you like to go to the study hall in a hundred years in 1997? <laughs> And <laughs> and Soames is like, yeah. yes, absolutely. I know yes, I'm going to be there. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, one of the things I was asking Bruno is what he thought was going to happen. If Soames was going to find anything. I, for one, thought I was like, no, nah, he's not going to find anything. He's just going to go, not find his name or any reference to him. And that's going to be it. As it yeah. turns out, he finds one reference. The very short <laughs> story we're reading. Yeah, <laughs> a short story of a fictional. Uh, I'm gonna get this description because it's absolutely astonishing, and it's just an evidence of the fervent nature of this. It's like, oh, here we go. Enoch Soames is a short story about a fictitious man of the same name, a poet of a third category who considered himself a genius and made a pact with the devil to know what posterity would think of him. <laughs> <laughs> That's the exact thing that I was talking about. Like, it gets so complex that I, I didn't even get to that point of discussion. I was just so trapped in other discussions that, like, the the the, the time traveling and the auto-references is, is just, like, it, it just goes crazy. So, funny thing, we don't follow Soames. We stay with Max in the bar waiting for Soames to return. Soames yeah. returns with a reference written down, which is of this... Uh, of uh, uh, an encyclopedia of British literature, 1890 yeah. to 1900, by T.K. Nupton. Yeah. And <laughs> it, it's, it, it's hilarious. And, like, he has this piece of paper and he gives Max, and Max doesn't read it yet. But, uh, and uh, Soames talks about how, like, oh, it's like there's the future and people are all in uniforms <laughs> and it's like people all look alike with uh, shaven body hair and gray uniforms <laughs> it's weird we're going to talk about the future representation maybe maybe yeah. not uh we'll see yeah. uh, and um eventually someone's like but what or max is like so what'd you find you find any reference to yourself and he's like oh the the piece of paper that's what i found and max doesn't believe him he's like no i i i won't write a short story about you <laughs> yeah <laughs> i won't and uh and then the devil shows up and takes him away and yeah. and Max is like, oh, so I guess this is all happening, and that happened before, and in a hundred years there will be Soames 
as everyone and that people will be surprised seeing him there because they'll be expecting him and when he shows up they're gonna be like oh my god he's actually here <laughs> and then the the short story ends in an absolutely stunning way which we will return to but i think it's just yeah. like let's end the short story how it's ended <laughs> because it is definitely something yeah if you if you want it i can read it sure go for it so he's talking about the devil of him i have caught sight several times here and there since that day at the Vontiem. only once however have i seen him at close quarters this was a couple of years ago in paris i was walking one afternoon along the rue d'antan and i saw him advancing from the opposite direction overdressed as ever and swinging an ebony cane and altogether behaving as though the whole pavement belonged to him. At thought of Enoch Soames and the myriads of other sufferers eternally in his brute dominion, a great cold wrath filled me, and I drew myself up to, f to my full height. But, well, one is so used to nodding and smiling in the street to anybody whom one knows that the action becomes almost independent of oneself. To prevent it re requires a very sharp effort and great presence of mind. I was miserably aware, as I passed the devil, that I nodded and smiled to him. And my shame was the deeper and harder, because he, if you please, stared straight at me with the utmost haughtiness. To be cut, deliberately cut by him, I was, I still am, furious at having had that happen to me. <laughs> and that's how it ends. <laughs> it's so petty. It's like, it's the devil, and you're annoyed that he, like, didn't pay attention to you? What? <laughs> I was like, when I first read it, I was like, oh, this is huh, strange. As I reread yeah. it a couple of times, I was like, oh, this is satire. Obviously. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> it's like, we think, like, Soames is petty. Max is even pettier. He's annoyed yeah, exactly. at being cut off by the devil. And he's like... Exactly. And the funny thing is, the English has a, a particular sentence that it's not in the the translation that Borges did, did, which is the... Where is it? Ah, here. To prevent it requires a very sharp effort and great presence of mind, which means yeah. he did none of those things. Yeah. <laughs> So he was careless and foolish in front of the devil, because that always ends well. And, and that that's the best part. Like he, he recognized the devil before, and then when he goes to the moment where he's going to pass by him, he's just like, oh, fuck it. It's just life. It's just the devil. He's like, he nods and smiles. And like he doesn't like show us with disdain or complaints. No, he's just like, hey, how's it going? Yeah. <laughs> See you around, devil. See you around. And, he, and the devil's like, I don't give a shit. Fuck off. <laughs> so, yeah. uh, after a little while talking about our news and just reveling over the fun that this short story is now that we take it not or entirely seriously because it's not that serious, uh, yeah. where do you want to start? Yeah, may maybe just by reading this ending, I think we should start by the... the I mean, just the sheer power of satire. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The I, I mean, when I w when we were talking earlier about the the element of satire in this, like, just this image is so powerful of this person that it, that is so 
and I don't know how to say this in English. So uh, it's so vain that he he is bothered that he wasn't noticed by the devil. It's such yes. a, a a strong image because it is exactly the the type of uh, presence or a supernatural power that you want to be ignored by. But the vanity in that is, and the whole short story is so it's so, so enlarged that <laughs> even the people in the short story want the attention even from the devil himself. Yeah, and, and I found and I found that that hilarious and powerful at the same time. It's almost like, and I'm sorry to bring this up in such a manner, but it's almost like in the case of many comedians uh, that have depression and try to satirize and do a kind of a, a sense of humor behind their depression to satirize their own their own situation almost and. Even at the at the brink of of their mental health going to shit and and to doing everything wrong, they are still joking and 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 doing this <laughs> disservice to the power of satire almost. Yeah, it's that image of like the the sad clown. Yeah, exactly. It's that idea. Exactly. But it's such like scathing critique. Because, like, when you, you start, I read it the first time, it was like, I took it wholly seriously. It's like, <laughs> oh, that's really interesting. But, like, the more I thought about it, and, and when I was like, oh, yeah, this is this is clearly sad. <laughs> because the, the, such scenes, like, we, we have Soames being, like, this type, this uh, high-minded and intellectual who wants wants to be great and wants to be recognized yeah. and who gives like this image it's like no i know i'm great i don't need recognition it's like but and max takes him seriously and max is like oh yeah he's I, i'm not sure i get him he does seem a bit eh, but you know he, he might have something and he does pay attention to him yeah. he, he becomes his only friend pretty much yeah. and when they meet like in the bar for the second to last scene he's like Oh, you, you what? You you think you're serious? Like you think I was serious saying I didn't want to be recognized? Of course, I want to be recognized. <laughs> Everybody wants to be recognized. That's the whole point. Obviously, <laughs> and like at the end of the day, the narrator is the the most foolish character. Yeah, because like he's the one who like takes some seriously, and like even when Soames is being like disingenuous. Exactly. And like that was a question that we asked ourselves before we started, which is like. So does Soames take himself wholly seriously or not? And like, we, we can't answer that. There's way too much delusion there <laughs> for us to be sure. Yeah. But he has some level of self-awareness. Exactly. Max doesn't even have that. He takes him at face value. And, and even thinking about the exterior elements of the short story, I mean, the nature of writing such a thing, it, it, it's almost certified that the author himself, Max Beerbohm, was thinking about uh, his works being read in posterity and w what, what, what his works would be after he's dead as well. And <laughs> of course, it, it, it's it's just so amazing to think about the the that someone had. I mean, going a bit into the in in the subject of of posterity and and becoming like immortal through literature and things like that, like. 
I mean, it, it takes courage to to write something like that to 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 be blatantly honest about uh, feeling the the anger and the and the fright of not being recognized and and trying hard as fuck to be recognized and don't getting the recognition. So. <laughs> Yeah, and, and like Max writes with such like he's so good. Yeah. Because like and he's entirely self aware of what he's doing. Yeah. He doesn't put himself as the main character and as a fool yeah. in a way that isn't self aware. Yeah. He paints himself in that image entirely aware of it all. Like it's a game with like playing with past, present, future and like the the short story that exists for itself. Yeah. Because it exists in the future, so it, it needs to exist. Yeah. But there's that, but there's also like he couldn't he he didn't necessarily have to put himself. Exactly. But he does. Yeah. But he does. <laughs> he does. So he's entirely aware of what he's doing, and in a sense he is like being himself a parody of that academia and that intelligentsia. Yeah. Like what Bruno and I were talking as well is that there are moments of like discussions between uh, Max and Soames where they're like, Max, he says like, oh, I, I'm not that much into Shelley. I find him very uneven. And yeah. Oh, I'm not sure. And, that and like Soames comes with, oh, yeah, I found him completely even. And that bothers me. <laughs> and then like Max is like, well, yeah, but you, you got to consider like his earlier, like his later or something of the sort. <laughs> and we're, and he's like he just keeps doing that as like he if he knows something and in that sense Soames does seem to have a lot of more study a lot more dedication than his belt at max yeah. max seems to like bullshits his way forward <laughs> like being presentable and coming with these references and commentaries that like he hasn't thought about he doesn't do that sort of study Soames does a lot more than him exactly uh, and yet max is the one that critiques it all max is the one that de does the give the judgment yeah so it, it is very it's very funny and it's a very familiar figure to us like, yeah, we're not very wholly familiar. in academia yet, but I'm sure pretty much anyone who's, like, have uh, had, a, like, a, a college degree or, or, or been in college or followed some class or whatever, uh, because that happens in university, found that one person who's, like, just does it all to, like, sort of, not even self-promote. He Yeah, the show-off. Yeah, he shows off. He's a show-off. Basically that, like, he goes with the quotes and the references, and what does that add? Nothing, but he shows he's smart. Yeah, exactly. He's the cunt. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, we have a particular word for that in Portuguese. Uh, I guess we could translate to something like the uh, the little speaker. Yeah, it, it would be like uh, the, the TED talker. Like. Yes, <laughs> yes, perfect, <laughs> fucking perfect. <laughs> The TED Talker, man. Because, like, he's... And no, not to shame any, like, the good TED Talkers, because they're very yeah, good ones. Exactly. But it's, like, it's yeah. just, like, this pretend TED Talker. Because, like, <laughs> what is he saying anything worth it? Is he contributing to the discussion or saying anything interesting that other people care about? No, he's just showing off. No. So it's like, oh, fuck yeah. off. Yeah. We all know that guy. Because it's usually a man. Let's be honest. Exactly. <laughs> And I think it's so interesting to talk about this figure because it, it's such an embedded figure in academia. And it's almost like 
it's almost impossible to run away from feeling a bit of jealousy of those references and yeah. of those yeah. things like because it, it, at the same at, at the same moment that you recognize this person as a as a show off and a, and it's just a general cunt <laughs> uh at the same time academia uh sort of revolves in this sort of personal aspect of being really well studied and knowing your references and reading it in the original text and, and things like that it has sort of a pride but in the end it, it even gets to the point where I'm being a completely flat out honest here uh, in this podcast being the one that studies literature there are times where if I don't know the year or the literary movement of something that we're talking about, I go like, oh shit, man, what I'm doing? Do I even study? Do I even read things? Yeah. And, and, and that's so dark because we have such productive uh, discussions here. I have such productive discussions with people that don't even read. And that's what's worth, not the uh, the, the whole point of getting like, famous because you you wrote a, a an, an essay or something like that but at the same time it, this this part of the show off it has such an appeal to it because it's it's almost close to the figure of the writer and the well-known poet and and the prosaic figure of someone that lives in this world that is almost like a bait you you see you you know that it's it's bullshit but you want it anyways yeah like it is a very seductive figure it's it's the spongebob episode about the baits like <laughs> basically they know that it will it will end up badly and they do it anyways yeah that's pretty much like it, it's so it's so seductive like yeah before you realize that he's just being a dick he yeah. he is in, you want to be that person with the references with that knowledge and all not if you do get to the point where you're like oh you re then you realize he's bullshit yeah <laughs> he's talking exactly. bullshit like a good intellectual a good academic he will not gatekeep references to give yeah. a perfect example like we had a class and we we're talking about like uh, Marxist theory of value and whatnot, and talking about labor, and the guy who is this person, I have friends who will back me up on this. They remember that. Uh, <laughs> he goes like, because uh, someone has a question, whatnot, and and this guy he goes on and say, oh, I, I think you should read uh, what is in like chapter two of part one of Marxist Capital. I think you'll find what is there. I think you just need to reread that chapter. It's like he's just being a big old cunt. <laughs> there's no way around that like come on yeah exactly it was like okay that I remember when we were, I heard that I was like oh come on you're just being a dick for the sake of being a dick <laughs> yeah because that's the whole point like at, at, at one point it looks like it's something productive it looks like oh yeah it's good to know all those those things but they don't add up anything to the discussion I mean What's the point in 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 the middle of a class to say, oh no, but you should read that chapter? It, the person won't read the chapter in that moment, so just tell the fucking things that are in the chapter so we can have a discussion. It's just as simple as that. 
Exactly. It's gatekeeping. It's blatant gatekeeping. Like, it, you're not contributing to the discussion. You're not creating a good environment to talk and reflect about it. You're literally just shaming the person and saying, like, oh, go study yourself. Like, you're, yeah. <laughs> you've not read enough. You're not good enough yeah. to be here. Yeah. That's basically what he's doing. Did. Yeah. Hopefully he's... No, I know he's still doing it. Shame. Shame. But yeah, like, that's that's what's going on. And I think, in a, in a sense, Max isn't showing off as much. He's doing that, but in a different sense. He does that in, like, the... I'm not going to say underdog, but in, in that regard, like, he's he wants to belong. Yeah. If Soames is, like, the the other side. Soms is like, he has a part of it, but he, he thinks himself greater than he actually is, but he's yeah. not bullshitting as much. A bit. Yeah. A bit. He bullshits quite a bit, especially on religion, because he calls himself a, 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 a Catholic Satanist. Uh, uh, it's a Catholic Diabolist. Oh, good to know. <laughs> I guess that, that does make more sense. Uh, yeah. Maybe. But again, I'm not that much of the theology person. I should have asked one of my friends who actually is, but that again, that will be my homework. <laughs> In any case, regardless, I think that's a, that's some bullshit. Like someone's just trying, trying to be, look, I'm different. I am a diabolist yeah. Catholic. <laughs> hey, look at me. I'm great. See how I'm smarter. Uh, that's yeah. uh, that's some of the sense I get like with new atheism. Cause like, oh, you believe in God. What rubbish. You're a fool. It's like, yeah, that's, literally just shaming people so what's your point with all of that <laughs> being a conservative centrist obviously yeah that, that's that's pretty much it uh <laughs> i love to shit to talk shit on them they deserve it <laughs> anyway talking about uh the relationship between soames and max Max wants to belong in that. And for that, he bullshits quite obviously. Like, he doesn't yeah. know what he's talking about. He hasn't read them. But he wants to, like, see, I know what I'm talking about. I want to be here. And I think, <laughs> uh, again, we're all guilty of that. I'm guilty of yeah. that. Yeah, uh, I try too. not to do that. But, yeah. you, you, again, you want to belong. You want to be a yeah, part exactly. of the discussion. You want to be a part of it. Because otherwise, you will feel that you're being shamed. That you're, like... And, like, not all environments will shame you for not belonging, but there's the, the exactly. real academic pressure to, like, no, you need to know. You need to have read this or these texts. And a lot of the discussions that I've been having with, like, um, folks on the Romance in the Gothic Book Club, which I've mentioned to you before, are that, like, well, you don't need to read all this stuff. Like, you you can read someone for, like, academic study and you want to study this deeply and whatnot but if you want to know and you want to be a part of the discussion even if it's not your area you don't need to read everything because there's a lot yeah. of shit and it's yeah. like for example to enjoy sci-fi you don't need to read the bad sci-fi by white cis men like <laughs> you can read you can do better especially recently exactly. you can do much much better exactly so you know that that's the sort of the thing and on the other hand, Soames is the gatekeeper. He's not, he's more worried about himself because he is not, he's still outside the gates. That's the thing yeah. about Soames. He's still not welcome, but he gatekeeps in a different way for Max himself. Exactly, because I think that's the whole paradox of uh, what we're going to talk 
a bit uh, assume about art and about the 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 figure of the artist. Like mm -hmm. in this mm -hmm. case, Soames, the paradox of like when you in the case of writing, you need to write as as honestly and as if you are writing to yourself and no one's going to read it. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, it will only be recognized when people read it. Furthermore, <laughs> like a work is not complete without being read. That, that's exactly. the whole point of like literature. Like if yeah. literature is not read at the very least, then it's not, it doesn't, it, it's, it, well, it doesn't exist really. <laughs> yeah, it, it doesn't exist in the, in the, like, uh, as you were talking, I was thinking like authors, they exist because of the linguistical corpus that they have. Mm -hmm. I mean, you can only define an author by the things that he wrote and published. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> that's the whole point. Like, even if I don't know, uh, looking at my, my things here, like even if Stephen King uh, has, uh, <laughs> and, and I don't know if, if that's possible because he's a total maniac, but even if Stephen King has other books that he keeps in his, in his in his bedroom locked and will never published uh these things don't exist in the meaning that people don't know that reality about him it's almost like a secret yeah it it, it really does not exist that's sort yeah. of the point like for the work to be fully complete and accomplished it needs to be read And exactly. while when we study authors and we value them, we like we look at the sometimes you have elements of their lives and whatnot, but we can only truly like look at their works by looking at their works. Exactly. <laughs> If that makes any sense. That's the whole point of the, uh, that Soames uh, says that I, I completely agree. He says uh, he doesn't say like that, but <laughs> why the why the fuck should I care about posterity? Uh, if someone has something to say about me, I want to read it now because I am alive and I want to read it. If I'm dead, I won't be able to read it. <laughs> yeah, he wants the prestige. He wants the glory. And like, yeah. um, you know, that's the pressure we have as academics that's the pressure like you want to be recognized you want to be remembered you want to contribute yeah. to the field in a valuable and meaningful way even if doing that will kill you <laughs> yeah <laughs> or you probably just will be devalued and if you're like if you don't adhere to the specific methods and ways not of the area but of academia then exactly. you can be easily ostracized Exactly. And not in a sense that like, oh, you fucked up. No, it's like you didn't adhere to our very specific and strict rules. You're not allowed in. That that's yeah. it's the, it's the gatekeeping. That's the point. Yeah. Uh, academia is pretty much chock full of that. Yeah. Need to know the right people, the right connections, the right publications. Exactly. Exactly. It, it's I, again, I didn't realize as much before when I read it, but like. The more I stopped and thought about it, that that's how I felt. And it's interesting because they're talking about literature and publishing literature, but the entire structure and the entire surrounding that they're talking about is academic. It's like yeah. it's this type of writing, it's this type of field, it's this type of prestige. We're not talking about like just literature, publishing a novel, or even poetry. It's of a different order, almost yeah. of a different species. It's like no, I, I need to be recognized. I need to have this prestige. I need to have this glory 
while I'm still here with my poems, which yeah. in some cases are shit, frankly. <laughs> and um, yeah. Yeah, and that, I think that's one whole other point. Like, uh, people say that they want recognition, but it's not even recognition. They want love. They want fame. Mm -hmm. People people don't want to be remembered as the bad poet. People want to be remembered as the person who changed poetry forever. Absolutely. Like, that. that's the whole point of it. Like, imagine if, like, I don't know, Baudelaire was considered shit, like... <laughs> you think he would go on? Do you think he would have the stance that he had in the time that he was alive? I mean, it's the whole point. Even even when we are talking about it, we, we tend to hide it. But that's the whole point. We don't want recognition. We want love. We want fame. Good fame. Yeah, of course. Like, you... It's interesting because at times you have the relationship where the author doesn't like what he writes. And he doesn't yeah. like care that much. Kafka's a pretty great example, even though yeah. Kafka and again many others, he's just the one of the most common examples. He's like, No, this is shit. Like, how can I do this? I I, I just wanna write. I need to write. Yeah. But usually in most cases, like you have this relationship with needing, wanting this prestige, this glory. And yeah. it is like it's most of the time unattainable because not because of the at times in in some cases I think from the contact we have and all that like that his work is shit but most of the time it's like the work isn't necessarily shit it's just that these standards are excluding they're excluded yeah. they're not ma made to like to incorporate to grow to to really enhance to improve no they are made to keep others out and to let a handful in, preferably yeah. white men, that sort of thing we're, we're all aware of. It is yeah. a very strong gatekeeping. That That's the nature of how this works. And in this sense, you don't want to be like the bad one. You want to be the good one. You want to be exactly. the one that is studied for decades and centuries. So like you want the prestige you want the glory but usually what happens to most people because of the way that this system is organized and many times not for, through no fault of their own that's sort of the point like at times sure like you could have done this could have done that maybe maybe not but it's because it's a very broken shit system yeah. <laughs> that leads to a, sort of a disillusionment that's what Soames has like at the final sequence even before he goes to the past he's like I'm sure, like, this is not going to work. Like, I, I want... <laughs> no, he's aware of a certain amount of shit, but he's like, no, but but I will be. I know I will be. And then, like, when he comes back, he's like, yeah, yeah, no, I, I'm shit. I'm not even going to be real in the future. <laughs> yeah, I think that's a, a really good point, what you just said, because the, the sort of uh, logic of gatekeeping it enters into a a social gear that is exactly like he thinks he will be great because he uh he followed the steps of the greats he read the greats he studied the greats he he writes poetry and he do citations in ancient greek and he yes. knows how to and and, and that whole shebang so 
he, he followed the steps and he just thinks, yeah, I just need to wait because I'm just like the greats and one day people will know me uh, and uh, you better you better be alive when when that happens because I will be great and then he's not. Yeah. <laughs> But it's the whole sort of thing like, well, Soames is sort of like, he's half shamed, I think. We don't get the full picture. But he's like, he's... He's all the time he's pressured and motivated like, no, you need to. This is what you need to do. This is what you will do. But like he can like clearly, clearly poetry is not for him. Yeah. And yet like he's his whole life has been structured and pushed in a way that like, no, I need to do this and I will be recognized in a hundred years yeah. if it need be. And uh, he isn't actually, sadly. Yeah. Poor Soames. <laughs> Uh, you do pity the man at the end, like yeah. it's through everything. And again, we we don't need to talk about how foolish it is. Don't make pacts with the devil, people. Like just don't. <laughs> it's in all literature. Like I mean, how can you come? Uh, how can you be that foolish? Ninety-nine <laughs> out of a hundred times, it doesn't work well. It doesn't work <laughs> out. So just, yeah. just don't. It's usually best to avoid them. Other mythological creatures vary, but usually the devil, pretty bad idea. Yeah, best to stay exactly. away. Best to stay away. <laughs> That's our mythological device for the day. <laughs> you know? Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I, I think I think we should dive in. Uh, I mean, this episode already has forty three minutes. I know but... it's been great. <laughs> Yeah, but I, I just wanted to dive in deeper in the aspect of uh, uh, we uh, as as people that have already written things and mm -hmm. thought of publishing. And in my case, I already had the, the classical writing a whole, basically writing a book and then throwing it in the garbage and, <laughs> and things like that. And I just wanted to think about like, do you think that I mean, I'm being to totally like pub conversation here, <laughs> but like, do you think that basically Soames didn't didn't be become a great writer because he was so embedded in in writing for people knowledging him that it was impossible for people to acknowledge him? Okay, let me let me because uh, yeah, I I mean. I sort of, I don't know your opinion about this, but I sort of work on this species of <laughs> paradigma, this species of paradox that writing just, I, I, I mean, I, I, the only type of writing that I'm proud of is the type of writing that is just utterly honest. Mm -hmm. And every time that I, uh, I mean, I, 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 I talked in the other episode how I, I maintain a diary for, I don't know, two or three months. And in the, in the beginning, it was a diary and it started to transform into a kind of fiction diary where I was being honest about things about my life, but I was inventing things that I wanted to do with my life, at, at, like in a sort of mix. And when I reread it, it's completely honest and it's completely like, I, I, I don't feel the same shame that I felt when I reread my poems, but at the same time, it just has so much shit in the, in the real sense. Like 
it, I, I talk so much shit in it that I think I, I wouldn't be, I, I wouldn't have the courage to publish it. <laughs> you know? I know. I think like, on the one hand, I, I think that makes plenty of sense. Like you need to write what you want to write. Yeah, not what you what think. You're, exactly. Not what you're pressured to write. And I think that happens a lot with Soames. Like he is led to believe and he's taught quite likely that and again i think that's what a lot of the historical element like i think the historical context builds soames more than like the actual short story yeah because of this imitation this following and this recreating again this possibility to independently and solitarily create like vanguard work and that that will come spontaneously like you're gonna do that and that you can do that when it in in truth historically it's never that simple because yeah these things don't work alone uh, uh, it depends I'm, on money and, and yeah it's like that. it's very like again the, those great historic exceptions and those things happen like on under the surface but what Soames yeah. I think he's led to sort of do is create this work like the greats but with this academic pressure. Uh, and I think yeah. that's when everything like, sort of goes awry. Because yeah. on the one hand, he is trying to follow and imitate and learn and do what this thing from the greats. On the other hand, there's a sort of the pervasive evil academic pressure. Um, exactly. To like sort of, no, but this is me. This is, oh, I reject. Oh, Baudelaire, Baudelaire's shit. He wasn't that good. Uh, you'll see yeah. how my work has no influence from Paris. You'll see. You'll see. Um, when, like, obviously it has. We're talking about the late 19th century. So, unless you're literally under a rock, you're not part of this Paris-England circle without being influenced by it. You sure. know? Like, it, it, this thing, these things literally took over the world in, yeah. in a very bad imperialistic way. So, like, yeah. if you're there, like, you... You, you literally can't run away from it. You can't oppose yeah. it. You can't deny it. But you can't like, no, this doesn't have influence. No, uh, fuck off. The the lyrics from Dio, it's like broken glass. You got caught before you see it. <laughs> Pretty much. Like, it, it, it's fairly unavoidable, really, considering yeah. who he is and where he is. So, yeah. you know, uh, you know he's talking shit. Uh, yeah. I guess that's the point. But yeah. overall, I, I think on the one hand, the problem, I guess, is that Soames believes that type of work and the type of vanguard is possible on himself. Yeah. yeah. And he believes he is great. In the sort of pervasive logic, they're like, oh, everyone dislikes me. Everyone ignores me. I must be great. I'm just not being yeah. recognized in my time. Yeah. That can sometimes be a fairly okay comfort like thing to say. It's like, I will. the, the future will rehabilitate me for sure yeah maybe maybe you're you're not prepared to do this but your kids are gonna love it that sort of thing (laughs) and you know fair point that happened quite a bunch of times in history yeah but Uh, i i think the whole point just i i just need to cut you for a second like of course uh it's just so anachronic because every single person who uh who did this didn't think like this i mean van gogh Baudelaire, uh, I mean Baudelaire b- became well famous, but uh, the the most classic example is Van Gogh. Like he basically died p- 
poor and depressed and mm -hmm. people didn't mm -hmm. give a shit about him and today he is like i mean i i, I don't even like art that much. I, i don't mean to say i don't like art that much but i'm not a, a specialist in art and i have a thing of van gogh here in my room like that i see every day oh yeah you have a sort of starry night rendition don't you yeah exactly yeah i remember now yeah i, I think that happens i think sadly like most of that lack of recognition happens in a different way with well again that's uh, how society's been working for a couple of couple of millennia which is marginalized yeah. writers marginalized yeah. writers unfortunately or i guess maybe not as unfortunately because it makes sense but it, sadly in the sense that like they didn't earn a living from it because They're because of their marginalization, they're usually pushed under, pushed to be forgotten. And yeah. in that sense, like only posterity will be able to like sort of fight and prove that like, no, this is good and this yeah. is what we should be reading, not this other yeah. stuff. So this yeah. logic of recognition happens usually well in higher strata of society and not necessarily high classes, but like sort of when there is sort of this middle ground usually yeah. sort of middle class environment now that i think about it because yeah. you have that sort of possibility so like you could be you, you don't have these many blockades as others who are more marginalized folks have but you're not you're either being blocked still or you're just not that good to carry on so i think that it happens and it manifests in this way like when you don't have these extra barriers of race or ethnicity or language yeah. or, or all that stuff i think in that sense it, it happens to more in, in a couple of places and with a couple of classes so yeah. I, i think that makes sense hopefully if i'm not rambling or that didn't go yeah, out no, too no. Much. and I, and i think that the whole point is exactly that like in a sort of way uh good literature always uh, i mean i, I don't I don't mean to be uh totalitarian here but uh uh like good literature is always recognized. Uh, uh if it's shit it's shit but if there's some good to it there will always be someone that will catch a glimpse and say oh that that's really good uh that that person wrote a lot of things and maybe Uh, 20% of its work it's good or maybe 50% or oh he's a genius but the whole point is that even people uh, when people are good uh, they will be recognized at one point in time because someone will maybe find that as a, we we see this a lot with african uh, literature at, at, the, at the present moment we are getting yes more valorization of things that were written that uh, were simply not read and now we're reading it and thinking oh this is this is genius and so good literature will always be recognized and that's the whole point for uh, uh, for that's the the sort of doom of Soames <laughs> because he thinks he's good so yeah one day i will be recognized Uh, then he travels a hundred years and he's not recognized. He's just, uh, he's just a joke. But 
even so, he thinks uh, he even say, says that in the short story. Oh, maybe I should have traveled 200 years or 300 years because one day I will be recognized. And like, and that's that's the whole point against him. He he just follows so so many uh, so many strategies and so many ideologies of the academia that he's almost the opposite of it. He's already. Uh, his fate is not to be recognized as a good writer. Yeah, in that sense, he's like the, the perfect victim. Yeah, exactly. But he's led to believe that he can do this, but like the way it all builds, like he's built to not be. He's yeah. made wholly invisible. And, yeah. <laughs> but because here's the thing, if he would be engaged in honesty and seriousness, in the sense of like, look, man, you're shit. You got to do something different. Like, or, or, or even like this brutally honest thing or like so here's the thing let's talk about your work and like what it does work with us but because that doesn't happen he's there to believe no i will be great i can be yeah. great i already am yeah that's sort of the, the 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 delusion it grows it becomes even more megalomaniac and yeah. uh then he literally gets punched in the face when he he loses his reality yeah, that exactly. is just so brilliantly devilish <laughs> yeah in a truly demonic way because uh i guess like it doesn't take that much to uh, imagine or think that like the devil knew what soames was going to find so it's like yeah go on uh, you'll be back soon yeah <laughs> you're not gonna be happy see you soon yeah bye <laughs> so yeah it's really it's sad like Soam's story is hilarious and deeply tragic because yeah. of his own story and furthermore because it really does point out like <laughs> I, I wrote it down and this will definitely be the title of the episode because I, I, I think it works. Uh, Enoch Soames is a lesson, the lesson that we get by Enoch Soames is a lesson in vanity that academia is trash. Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty it, much it. It's that whole like that pile of uh, inutile. I, I mean, that, there's such a, a, a as you said that I, I remember an example of uh, my dad talking about uh, the time when he had his own his own company, and uh, more often than not, they did some some uh, gatherings like some. Uh, I I don't I don't know the word like it's not reunion. Uh, like when you're talking like business talk basically yeah. and they did it on the phone and most of the times like they talked like in the same like line so my dad was in in his in his telephone and his partner was in the other phone in the same house and they were listening to the same person and the other person was talking about i don't know shebang and <laughs> then uh my dad referred that almost like 90% of the times his partner just like put the the telephone on the table and just started like solving a Rubik's Cube and doing some uh, complete like, you know, just not giving a fuck. And then he picked up the telephone and said like, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, uh, I agree. And then he just put the telephone back on the table and continued solving the Rubik's Cube. So, uh, I mean, it's just so funny to see how we tend to uh, grandify and, and put things in a gigantical 
a perspective of oh you need to analyze this because uh you need to understand Dostoevsky is not that simple is you can't be touched by it you need to understand Dostoevsky and then uh in the end it, it's academia it's it's just a bunch of wasted paper and space of people trying to act smarter when it's just literature is is meant to touch people is meant to be understood by people without it needing to be ultra deeply analyzed like oh you you can't understand this because you haven't read the the greek tradition so you won't <laughs> understand it so it's better don't don't even bother reading it like it's just so ridiculous man yeah like i think the more i think about it at the end of the day like soames is shit but he isn't doomed because he's shit he's doomed because academia rather than like okay let's how can we grow and help you not be shit or work on something that you're not going to be that shit or something yeah. that you're going to be good or something that you're going to enjoy or how can we improve this so you're not as shit um but no he's just like put aside and laughed at and made invisible and yeah. th that's that's the problem that's why he's doomed because yeah. in his shitness he is <laughs> left aside ignored and ultimately condemned actually yeah. as as you said earlier he gatekeeps but he is gatekeeped as well oh he is incredibly gatekeeped like in <laughs> one way he gatekeeps max but Max is seen as in part of, by the other gatekeepers as being of a similar level to Soames, <laughs> but not as bad. In a way, Soames is lower than Max. Yeah. Even if Soames like treats Max as if Max is under him, uh, it's yeah. confusing. But that's yeah. sort of the point, and yeah. because Max is sort of treated more like an equal by the others, they know he's not an equal, and they treat him like alike but they treat him in a very particular way they're like okay you, we have you here but we know you're not one of us yeah it's exactly like the one the reason like why they mock him like where do you want to be with that guy like he's he's invisible he's <laughs> how can i paint someone that doesn't exist for example yeah so that's something that comes up a lot like and i think I think that helps us understand how this academia is built and structured in a way that like sort of creates various levels of exclusion and you yeah. can at sometimes be even while being excluded you continue to exclude you become yeah. part of that system while not being included by it yeah you know that actually brings something very interesting uh it's relevant but not wholly <laughs> I was reading a, a text for a particular college work uh, on my uh, to get my teaching degree. Uh, uh, didactic is the subject. And it was a, a chapter by a book by the sociologist Pierre Bourdieu. And he's talking about the, ex the, the excluded of the interior. And what is this mm. interior he talks about? The interior of structures. So for, he, he talks about teachers and academia uh, in the sense like the people who, there are more people that go to school but on the one hand, the people who are not like wholly able to survive this moment of school are made further marginalized than they were before because they wasted yeah. their chance. And those yeah. that succeed but that didn't have all the privileges and benefits and weren't upper class, 
they are put in the lowest positions inside the system. They yeah. are excluded in, while being a part of that. They are incorporated, yeah. but they are excluded inside of it. And that academia yeah. does that all the fucking time. Mm-hmm. That's sort of its internal logic, pretty much. It's like, okay, we might acknowledge you, but you're still going to be lower. And yeah. like Soames is the ultimate expression of that. He is yeah. lightly acknowledged, but he's kept in the very lowest rung of the ladder. Exactly. Again, the, all that structure reinforces in him that like he is great because there is this individual <laughs> logic that like, no, I can be better than everyone and I don't need to listen to anyone because this system makes it the way that like I need to be <laughs> my own judge and my own reader. <laughs> he says, and we find out he was being facetious because Max is a fool and takes him at his word, that he's fine with having only had free readers. Three people yeah. bought his newest poetry book. Max, one of them. And he's like, he yeah. he seems to be fine with it. And we later find out, like, like no, I, no, that that's shit. I, I need to live. Like, uh, yeah. <laughs> I need money. Uh, although it says like he has some heritage or he has some he has some yeah, money. It, it's just it's just pure vanity because he doesn't. Yeah, need it's pure vanity. To, it, it, he doesn't uh, need the the yeah yeah. But uh, I mean, he doesn't need the money to survive. He's not poor. He's not dying because he's not selling books. It's just like his sole purpose on earth is to be recognized, and his whole life he is basically uh, ignored. <laughs> yeah that's that's like it's so tragic but it's so funny because max beerbaum is such a, a satire with it yeah like it, that's why i said like it's a lesson in vanity by enoch soames academia's exactly. trash exactly <laughs> because he is he's sort of brainwashed by it and replicates that exact same logic at his own yeah. life and soul yeah that's that's the perfect title and i, I just i just want to make a uh, a last like note about of all of this that we talk. Uh, it, it's it's not even a reflection. It's just about something that I want to to throw in here. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I think that uh, this nature of art and of writing and reading and poetry and whatnot. I mean, it's already bad with Soames. He's the quintessential character of this kind of poetry. This kind of literature that you write for other people in that sense like you mm-hmm. you are writing it to sort of like uh be recognized you're writing for people and not writing uh for you or writing in general and uh it, it, it's kind of like cheap critics but i mean in the context of social media it's almost in- impossible not to think like that and I was thinking, like, I was talking to a, a, a friend uh, the other day with, with Santiago, uh, which Frank knows as well. Yeah. And we were talking, like, the experience and myself being a, a person who studies language, uh, the majority, I, I would say that 90% of the things that we write, we write in a phone or a computer and in social media, being it messages, WhatsApp, Instagram, Twitter. So we're basically being educated in the art of writing to other people. Mm-hmm. We don't have anymore the experience of writing to ourselves. So what I see in the in the common trends of 
uh, actual in, in contemporary literature and things. It's so much things wrote to impress other people and not things wrote from the others to the others or just just written. I, I, I don't. I don't even have the words, the right words to to talk about this, but it, it's just so. It's almost frightening because it is is as if everyone is following Enoch Soames' logic of thinking about art, because everyone wants to impress, everyone wants to post on Instagram a, a short uh, piece of their work. Uh, a, a, a stanza of their poetry and be recognized and get the likes. So I mean, uh, just just people that are listening, just be mindful that if you want to write or if you read something, there's a way to think about things without doing it for other people. Yeah, I guess like this sort of honesty that like, you know, this this is what I'm interested in writing, and so like, no, sort of just like oh, this is popular, therefore I'm going to write this. Exactly. But in a sense, that like, no, this makes sense because that's what I want to write. And yeah. I guess it does make sense, like, with a lot of that sort of, like, contemporary realism, uh, that interiority, sort of, about, you know, we were talking about that on the other one. Um, yeah. Because that's, well, that, that's one of the most, it's the most recognized in academia, style of literature by literary yeah. studies and it, it is one of great success but like i guess when i look because i've no i've met these people <laughs> lately uh on genre fiction <laughs> like that doesn't happen as much because yeah. you're not on the one hand you're not put under the same scrutiny and yeah. like you know that you're existing already in a sort of fringe sometimes more sometimes less but it it, it is a different sort of way of writing and belonging that yeah. it, it, you're not going that same direction and you need to I guess these great works like uh, they require this sort of yeah the, the, yeah dishonesty dishonesty yeah. at the end of the day I think that's sort of the key word is like it, it is a cliche being true to oneself but it it, it, it works it, it is how it ends up happening like fiction non-fiction poetry whatever like it needs to be something that sort of you want to do and that makes sense to you and it may be like it may use all the cliches and it may be it may require work it may require changing it may not be perfect because that's yeah. work that's writing is hard real fucking yeah. hard but yeah. it, 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 this honesty this sort of no this is what makes sense to me this is what i think I want to do this is something I can do this is something that I feel I enjoy doing and not something that's yeah. like oh these are the popular trends and things and I think this will be make me more successful or this will be more popular it's like maybe <laughs> but yeah even even inside the, the the whole atmosphere of 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 left politics and left literature I mean uh, there there there's a whole buzz about trying to to make literature there are a lot of people that don't want to make literature inclusive but they do it anyways because of like the pink money 
it's about yeah it's yeah. about being recognized inside a circle that they are already in and they they already are a knowledge there so they can't if they if they don't uh want to think about that or they don't um uh, they don't uh how can i say it they don't agree with it even so they are thinking oh but i need to do it like this because if not uh the the group that i'm in will will stop recognizing me so yeah, it's yeah. it's a bunch of like traps because uh, if you didn't lie to yourself in the first place you wouldn't be lying again and writing things that you don't want to write yeah it's <laughs> sort of the whole liberal politics thing that like oh because this is the thing and you're not like engaging with it and what's actually the pervasive systematic logics of the thing that's like oh yeah. Uh, I'm writing because this is, is possible and, and this is popular, not because like, oh, these people have been oppressed in a particular way or form and they want to use their own voices to do this and write yeah. and share their experiences and think and actually change the way things have been going on and not just, yeah. oh, a way of prestige and money. So, exactly. yeah, I think I think that makes a lot of sense. And I think I think that can at times be sort of a pitfall to fall that like oh just because this is popular or this sells a lot recently like this yeah this is a good thing to write about and maybe but it, yeah, you're not you're we're... the only one losing because you're not yeah, exactly. gonna write what you want to write or what makes sense for you to write or what you exactly. actually develop it... writing or what you can actually share it... It just becomes boring work. Yeah, it's part of the whole thing. Like, sure, you can think about a story, you can write about it and whatnot, but, like, does that story make sense for you to write? Like, are you the best person to write about that story? So, exactly. for example, I've been thinking about a particular story I, I want to write and whatnot, and I was like, okay, I want these particular characters from, like, the lower classes who are more marginalized. And I was like, okay, but how in which way can I do this in a way that's not going to be paternalistic and generalized and simplistic because yeah. not just that I don't have that experience, it's because of my own counter experiences, uh, being more middle class and being living where we live, like this high class neighborhood, sadly, uh, exactly. which is hell. Uh, that's a whole other <laughs> story. But yeah. like, how can I tell this story that I want to tell in a way like if, it's in this way, am I the person to tell this story or is it going exactly. to just be a white man talking about these people in sort of like shit way <laughs> and not, not like just building yeah. sort of this straw man of them that sure attempts to be positive, but it's still like sort of straw man. So yeah, exactly. like what I've been figuring is out, it's like, okay, maybe I, or rather like, no, I won't be comfortable doing this. This won't be a good idea. So exactly. can I still tell this story myself? And I was like, okay, I can if I invert the perspective, if I focus on the shitness of exactly <laughs> these upper class characters and like th these other marginalized characters will be central even if I'm not building their interiority or their lives because I know that if I try to focus on them in that regard as like sort of first person or even like this third person more closely... I know that I there's a big chance that I'm just going to simplify and have a very bad representation and that like yeah. what I'm going yeah. to actually do I'm just going to be reductive 
and that's exactly. not going to be good for anybody, especially me, yeah. because I'm going to be writing shit stuff. <laughs> so, uh, in a sense, I think writing, and we said this before, and we still uphold it, of course, write, write, write. But, again, that's the whole thing about writing. Writing is not is no child's play. Writing yeah. is hard work. It's very yeah. serious stuff. So, write, write to your heart's content, but think about what you write. Exactly. Are you writing what you want to write? Are you writing what makes sense for you to write? Or are you just telling a story that you feel like you should be telling? And yeah. maybe you should be telling that, sure. But what way makes sense to you? Maybe in a way that's not as conventional, or not as simple. But yeah. again, writing is very serious stuff. Yeah. Literature is very serious stuff. So, yeah, yeah. academia is shit. Literature is hard, <laughs> but literature is everything. Literature is super important. Literature is beautiful and amazing and really powerful. Yeah. And, like, write and especially read. Read exactly. queer authors. Read black and indigenous authors. Read, 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 read. Read and write. And think and reflect and question if you have this contact or if you're aware of this, uh, of how academia can be pervasive, how academia can build these sort of systems that like gatekeep, that block, that deny, that destroy opportunities and allow folks to sort of just like, oh, you're not going to do anything because you yeah. are bad and yeah. we're not going to help you. You can go die in a fire <laughs> yeah. because that is sort of the logic of academia it gatekeeps yeah. it excludes and we need to do better we can't be satisfied with that and we need to question the way that we behave in academia in writing so that is also self-criticism to my own behavior yeah. it's like how do i behave in academia how do i want to behave and act and think and create and write as an academic Exactly. I want to question these existing narratives. I want to question these exclusions, these gatekeeping. And it is part of the responsibility that we have. Yeah. What to sort of wrap it all up in a neat way, I hope. The whole thing of Black Lives Matter is it is about the protests, it is about police violence, but it is about so much more too. It yeah. is about this oppressive logic. And it's not just about black people. It is, of course, about queer marginalized voices. It is about all these people who are systematically excluded and oppressed. It is yeah. about these voices that are constantly silenced. And very much so because of systematic logics as of academia. And in a sense, our responsibility, and that's also what Black Lives Matter brings a lot, what is our responsibility in our particular case as white cis men in academia, in our writing, in our work? Is it one of gatekeeping? Is it one of being paternalistic, of giving our voice? Or is it one of amplifying others' voices? Is it one exactly. where we reflect on these and think about and help build this space that is not just for us to talk as it has been, as, as it has been historically, but is to create yeah. and build a further space that allows these other great and incredibly beautiful, important voices to be heard. Yeah. So that is sort of 
our objective, our point, our responsibility, our mission statement, if you will. Yeah. Even so, with, the, with this whole idea of the podcast as well, like it's is exact like the podcast for me is is basically getting the the knowledge from academia and showing it in a non-academic way. Exactly. Because I don't want the academic way. <laughs> exactly. Like the whole point is like okay, there are left podcasts in English on politics, on history, on movies, on horror movies. What can how can I help in building sort of this left media with what I've been studying, what I've been working on? And hell, I have I wasn't working with literature before, I am now. Yeah. And yeah, like literature became this for me. And it yeah. made sense to like how can I share this beyond hell to folks who won't read any of the works that we're talking about. And we're not yeah. just trying to be judgmental. Yeah. God no. If you want, if you enjoy reading, if it's something that's good for you, obviously want to recommend, obviously would like you to read and would be happy to. Like we read obsessively. Uh yeah. we we obviously want you to read. We we share these things for our analysis and for their works and for others to read and take their own approaches and disagree or agree or question us and yeah. think together. That's the whole point. Yeah. We want, on the one hand, to bring these works and also our perspective and bring this to folks who at times like they can't read, but they can listen to us for an hour, an hour and a bit, uh, yeah. once every couple, two weeks, I hope. <laughs> And like, just think about this, think about literature, think about history, think about politics and academia, and think about yeah. all the, all of these things. That's a part of what we're trying to do. And part of what we're trying to do, and it has been pressuring me recently, and I've spoken to Bruno before, about getting guests and other voices sort of like, yeah, we, we share ourselves and we have fun, and I, I think that's great, but we also want to create a space for others to talk and to talk yeah. with others like yeah. it's better for our own development as well and that's yeah. another thing we want to do so yeah yeah absolutely that's <sighs> that's a good way to end it <laughs> that's a good way to end i went on a very long rant slash monologue thank you <laughs> yeah but I, but i like it yeah yeah uh, so Thank you, thank you so much for listening, everyone. I, I think yes. I think we're back for good this time. Not that we yeah. ever weren't, but in a schedule at the very least. Yeah, so, yeah. So you, you can find us on on Twitter at at Left Page Pod. Uh, Brew and I are also there, and but I mostly use the Left Page account, like sharing other writers, other work. I, I mentioned before romancing the Gothic book club. Uh, because it's uh, Dr. Sam Hurst been doing incredible work and in sh bringing other academics and sharing her own work and weekly reading various works, short stories or novels of different and various authors and having incredible discussions. I've been learning a lot. It's been a very humbling experience and I've been loving it. Also making great friends. So, you know, it's, <laughs> it's literally win, 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 win. And just mention because it's something I started listening to and again, a contact in between. I see Cedric of the Fabulous Folklore Podcast. Great podcast on folklore and mythology and with the good historical analysis. So it's like, yes, so much yes. <laughs> so shout out to you too, I see. Uh, you're doing great work. I'm loving it. And uh, yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe you can talk. I'd love, love to bring you here. Uh, so 
yeah, like just some of the references and uh, stuff that I've been learning and reading and growing with as well. So no. uh, there's that. If you can share us a couple of bucks, if you want to be a part of our Discord server, which is small for now, but you know, we'll, we'll, yeah. as we get back into things, we get things back in shape. The Poetry Club uh, is getting back into shape as well. We should be recording next week, probably. Yeah on a poem that's very familiar to us so that's going to be helpful uh yeah. in doing a good episode yeah so expect that next week as well and uh yeah because th- this should be going out this week i hope yeah if i can <laughs> add it uh, then again if you're listening that this has already all happened time travel <laughs> <laughs> but, just like in the short story just like in the short story so check us yeah. out on our patreon patreon.com forward slash left page uh, there are also a couple of texts that I wrote on literature and a couple of specific works so I should be adding one or two soon for the month of July I think the way that Bruno and I are doing it and the book club is like blank slate now we we going forward we, we can't like just go back and fill in the months like that that's not yeah. gonna happen. We're just gonna yeah, yeah. keep betraying ourselves and not gonna do a good work about it. So <laughs> this is July forwards. Things are yeah. in shape and working out. So that's the yeah, plan exactly. and the point. Yeah. So thank you. Thank you. Thank yeah. you, everyone. I think that's all we had to say this week. <laughs> uh, this was great. This was great. I, I I really felt like enthusiastic and just well. I, I do have the tendency to go on monologues and rants. You know that, Bruno. I'm very sorry. Um, <laughs> I, I don't care about it. Man. <laughs> great. Uh, but I just felt the enthusiasm and went for it. It was fun. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> thank you. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. You do mean the world to us. Like, yeah. That's the point. We made this to be listened to. We made this for yeah. ourselves too as well. Like, We take great personal meaning and learning from all this. But yeah. we did it for you, folks. So yeah. hope you're enjoying it. Thank you yeah. so much for listening. Until the next one. I started a joke. Bitch started the whole world. But I didn't see that the joke was on me.